0: I am unashamed, what about you? So welcome back to the award-winning Unashamed podcast. <laughs>
1: are you going to say that every
0: time? I want to say it every time, but I had to at least say it one time. <laughs> we, we, we are now an award-winning
1: That's podcast.
2: Take, that was the takeaway, right? We are now <laughs> an, an award-winning, award-winning podcast. Podcast. We will
1: now be doing a podcast on the verse from Romans that says, A man should not think of himself more highly than he ought.
0: We are an it's award-winning podcast. Sure, where exactly. I've not won many awards in my life, Jace. There's just a, a few, you know. Yeah. I was Mr. Pinecrest. Um, that's really the only title I've ever had. I was in the eighth grade when I had that one, so. Well,
2: that's big. That's, that's a big, big deal. That's no, good. I mean,
1: yeah. I think there were 32 students there. <laughs> but so. you
3: mentioned, one of y'all did, the previous 10 years, decade, and Jace was Kind of playfully saying, you know, thirty-seven people showed up. No, that was that was at the K level. That was my joke. <laughs> that was his joke that yeah, I right. lost the teleprompter on. I think what
1: I said was I was being because uh,
0: you were being facetious.
1: But Missy, of
0: course, Missy response of the
1: off the cuff was, "This is why I don't listen to the podcast." Which <laughs> yeah, she I told her later. That. I said, "Thanks for the ringing endorsement." I mean, to finish uh, my. Luckily, point, we had already won. To go finish, ahead, finish
3: Dad, so. my point. Uh I don't remember maybe uh the, the, the Billy Graham days back then, but it seemed like to me that there's a there's a movement at hand within the kingdom of God. I mean I sensed movement, big time movement yeah. in the kingdom, I listened to these people the other night and watching them and their reactions. That's a good point. And what they're doing. Yeah. I, oh, that's true. I, I have Wait. seen that the last decade. This is the first time I've said, you know, we may be getting somewhere here. Right. Well, I, that
1: that reminds me of a funny story. And uh, I know we're, we're going to get into League Five today, so prepare, put your seatbelt on. But, so I've had this ongoing uh, kind of spat with, uh, what's the radio called that comes in your vehicle? Siri? Uh, or yeah, serious? The serious. Yeah. So what happened was when I sold my old truck, I had I had just renewed my subscription. Yeah. I mean, I, I was on a trip. It was it took like, you know, over an hour talking to a person. So I get that. But I sold my other truck. Well, when that person bought my truck, they turned off my series radio right. in, in my new truck. You see what I mean? Yeah. That's what happened. Right. Well, it it made me mad because I thought, because then now they were like, well, call us and renew your subscription. But I just did. (laughs) So I just said, okay, I'm boycotting this. I, I was angry. So all of a sudden, Phil mentioned that since the Billy Graham days, about a week ago, when we got back from vacation, or a few days ago, well, I have one channel now that's on. It was on. And it's the Billy Graham channel. That's the only channel I got. (laughs) And I thought to myself, are they sending me a message that they're praying for me? (laughs) Or is this just a sign? So I have one channel, and it's the Billy Graham channel.
0: <laughs> so you're getting a lot of Billy Graham. These Billy, days.
1: Every time I turn on my truck, Billy Graham is just, Preaching. I, I I didn't realize. I mean, the man was a fireballer. Oh, he's a great preacher. It is one oh, fireballer after another. <laughs> so now I'm kind of happy about the whole arrangement because I thought, okay, this
3: winning... Speaking of winning... <laughs> That's kind of my point. It was like there was yeah. a point when he was... Preaching his sermons, and and the kingdom of God, I thought was headed in the right direction, but that's begun to begun to wane some. Until what I saw the other night. But Phil, I've noticed this may be the 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 beginning.
1: Yeah, it was good. We we talked about that in the extra time that it was a seven eight hour celebration that we were at with fans, and there was not a hint. Of any kind of immorality That's or filthy right. language, Very it, it, it was just really encouraging. It it was fantastic. But I will say this about Billy Graham: yeah, you, you, you have a lot in common. I mean, he was in the vein of your style of preaching with the blunt. I didn't realize how blunt uh, Billy Graham is. Yeah. So, because I've listened to it, obviously, <laughs> it's on every time I get up.
0: <laughs> it's just he's pretty blunt. Well, and, it's, and we didn't obviously we didn't Willie and I got to meet him, which was a real honor for me. You know, being a pastor for many years, but we have become good friends with Franklin and Will and and some of the rest of and Sissy and the family. So it's been really neat to just get like us be a family that has dedicated your lives generationally yeah. to spreading the gospel. So. You're right. There's a lot there, and Dad and Dad, uh, Franklin's just a little younger than Dad, but
3: he's a lot like that too. He's just a straight shooter, you know. The but. other thing I noticed is that just looking across the entire spectrum, and the clothes they were wearing reached to the floor, and yep. they were saying godly things. I yeah. said, mm-hmm. you know, these, these, these. You don't get a good look at the Kingdom women. Until I what what I saw the other night, I was impressed with it. But you
0: know, you mentioned this down in the last podcast, and we saw that there's when when everything you're about is anger and protest and how bad things are, if, even from a physical sense, you twist into something that's not very appealing. That is correct. You know what I'm saying? And yep.
3: and, and that's either that's across the political. I space. did not see that the other night. No, it's, it's just, I don't know what you want to call it dirty scene. Uh, it just it just wasn't there. No,
0: there's a piece that goes along, you know, with the process of of really having communities, which was kind
1: well, of it just says you know, and Christians have you know, they you get the reputation like they're not having any fun. I, I mean, that was one of the most fun things. We I'm, had a blast. That was a blast.
2: Yeah. Well, to your point, I mean, I think it's it, it, you can only get so far. If it's just a revolt, right? I mean, and it's a protest. I mean, I I think that's what's missing in the kingdom right now. Well, I say what's missing. I and mean, we saw that. I we also want to show the beauty of God, and and the beauty should triumph triumph over whatever it is that we feel that's destroying our culture. And you got to show something better. And um, when God's people get together, it is. I mean, it was it was encouraging. It was very encouraging. Just it was very simple and pure. And just being with God's people that were happy and praising him and laughing and, and, and worshiping and, and crying together. It was, it was a great evening. So, uh, I, what I was going to do, before you leave it,
0: let me say one more thing. Right. Um, I, cause we didn't get a chance to do this on stage, but I do want to thank our crew that's here. Josh is here today because Maddie's on her honeymoon. We talk about Maddie a lot and she's new. And so we get to kind of poke fun at her, but she just got married. And so she'll be back next week. But, Cade and no name as dad calls him, Connor and Cole and all of our crew that really does a great job because they have to edit everything we talk about and get this ready to go. And dad said this before, we've never had a crossword with people that have worked with us. Either way. True. And that tells you about how great they are. So I just want to thank our crew yeah. because we haven't done that yet, but we win podcasts a year. It's not just because of us here doing this. Somebody has to get this presentable and, I, and get it out
1: there. I should have thanked them, but like I said, I was a deer. <laughs> and, and look, I should have it's thanked. It's okay. We just, you know, we had luck. I them. should have thanked Blaze, too, because they, I mean, they're. Provide the platform. They do. Yep. And uh, so, but I, wa- I was wearing one of their nice
0: hats. and uh, You are. I thought you were represented well because so, you got to wear it all night for everything. So, I idea. wanted to say that before we left the subject of podcast of the year. Well, so. so it does take uh,
1: you know, take a lot to pull it off. So, but I wanted to say I had this idea cuz we're in Luke 5 and you got to remember we came from commercial fishing backgrounds. This is what Phil chose to do for a living post Jesus. Yep. Despite two masters degrees. And- post Jesus pre Duck call world. Pre duck call, we were fishermen. And so every every time and look, I'm gonna I'm just gonna be honest. Uh you know, the single most thing that got my attention towards walking toward Jesus was y'all's conversion. You and mom. I mean that, that was a big I, I saw God's transformational
0: power lived out. I wish then we but, would make a movie about that. It would be powerful. I
1: think you we could. I mean, I would probably, you know, call it something like, "The, the Blind." Oh, "The Blind." Yeah, there, you, there go. you go. And it could. <laughs> and then if I only knew what that meant. But I'm I'm working on Zach to, to
2: tell us <laughs> somewhere in That's the movie
1: <laughs> or in the credits to say this is what it's called. That. So well, let me just. Well, let me, oh, yeah, let me hi, say hi, this. Yeah. I, did,
2: I did ask. I did ask on the Shame Nation. I said, "What do y'all think?" And they overwhelmingly responded with, "We keep it the blind." So the people have spoken, and since that whole concept was kind of born out of this community here, we're just going around with it. Yep.
1: No, I like the name uh, Zach. That was not my. That was not my argument. My argument was, explain that somewhere on your packaging. That's all I said. Because some people, they may not know who Phil is, or right. they may not know what a duck blind is. Yep. They may not understand the concept of, I once was blind, but I now can now see. I, can see yeah. so I just thought if you had a subtle explanation for it on the back of the whatever, you know, or you know how they have these little, uh, what do you call them? The, an explanation for what the movie is They're like the tagline a little disclaimer
0: whatever no it's not it's, dis- that's a good idea that's actually yeah. a good idea I'm gonna make a note well, of that I, oh, I've been telling yeah, you this for a out.
1: month and you've been taking that to mean I didn't like the name I was like no I like the name I just want an explanation somewhere for people I like to be clear Well, I tell you, we can't go five minutes without an argument on this podcast. (laughs) So now we're arguing about an argument that we never had. It really wasn't an argument. So what I was going to say in the spirit of my series radio and looking at things as a sign, I mean, I can't help
0: it. By the way, you're the one suffering. Not that I wouldn't love a lot of Billy Graham sermons, but... Just step over your pride and reorder your series. I couldn't do with. it. I'm in the car too much for
1: that. Al, I'm, I'm sending a message here. You know what I mean? I just did this. I can't help it. Yeah, but it was it.
0: a glitch in the system. You somebody solders. has pushed
1: a wrong button. <laughs> and I don't feel like it's my responsibility to call and say, hey, somebody pushed a wrong button
0: because I signed up. But I'm saying you're suffering because you're not getting to hear your music and all that. So. I just used it as a quiet time, so okay. I'm not.
1: Well, that's not, I thought, worry. I don't need this I, anyway. I, I put my worship music on. But now that I've got Billy Graham 24-7, I'm well, like. That was from the Lord. There's no doubt. That meant to be. Well, I agree with that. It's awesome. I so I, I want to give you another sign. So here's what, when we were on vacation, we were supposed to be on vacation, but we're never on vacation. You can't take a vacation from studying God's word. So I was in Luke because we're in Luke. Yep. And we're in Luke five, and so I think it's cool that this is a miracle about fishing. Yep. And what I was going to say that even though Phil and Kay's transformation was a uh, was probably the biggest thing that got my attention and, and led me to pursue the Lord. I I used to read when I first started reading the Bible. I'd read all the fishing stories because that's how to <laughs> fish, you know? And so, uh, and I could identify with that. Yep. Especially some of the details that people who are not fishermen might miss. Like when you get to, you know, there's another story that we're going to study in Luke 5, which is in, is it John 20 or John 21? 21. John 21. And it's fascinating when the Bible does this. Yep. You have what you think is the same story told by two different people but it's not. Nope. It's the same miracle done at two different times. Correct. And the responses by Peter, who was kind of the central figure, or, or I guess, I mean, Jesus was the central figure, but Peter was, uh, the most notable, I guess. He was the most response, targeted of the, right. right okay. Of his response.
0: So, uh, we just recently had our, uh, Robertson family vacation. And, um, Of course, now Lisa and I have our own house down there. And so we don't stay in the big house with everybody else. And so I I noticed one of the blessings of that for me, Jace, is that in my house, I have my Helix mattress that I'm able to sleep on, even on vacation. Well, one of the blessings for us is that we have more room. <laughs> <That is> true. <laughs> there, and that was a nice house that y'all stayed in. But I had the Helix. So that was the, probably the better of the two. Uh, Helix has been a, a sponsor of our podcast for a while. Uh, we all have them in our homes, uh, which is why I get to enjoy mine, even on vacation. Um, there's a lot that we love about the mattress. Uh, they offer a 100-night uh, trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. So, you know, you're going to get a chance to see if it fits you, and, and I promise you that you're going to love it if you try one. Uh, so you go online, uh, and, and you're going to take a little quiz that's going to match you with your model mattress. And so for me, it was more of the medium. Some people like a little firm. Some people like it a little softer. And they ask you, do you sleep on your side or your back? I'm a back sleeper. So all these things hit me perfectly. I love my mattress. It came straight to my door for free. Uh, Like I said, they have a 10 to 15 year warranty, depending on the model. So I want you to check out Helix Sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash unashamed. This is their best offer yet. It won't last long with Helix Better Sleep starts now. helixsleep.com slash unashamed.
1: So, I think we all agree at this point in our Bible study that Jesus did these miracles to symbolize something. Would you agree with that? Correct. So, when you start pursuing this and you see these two stories, it's really fascinating how Peter grew from the first time this happens, which we're fixed to read it, to the second time in John twenty one. Correct. Right. It's fascinating. So we'll pursue that. But what I thought we would do, and what I was going to recommend when I was reading this, I thought, wouldn't it be cool on the podcast to just go over like our top 10 crazy catches? Because you got to remember, we fished for how many years?
3: About a decade. No, longer.
0: Probably two I decades. Longer, yeah, I mean, was...
1: even when the duck call cranked up, we were, we're still... still fishing. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah. probably 20 years, yeah.
1: 20 years. And look, we haven't stopped fishing since then. So when I when I go to the beach on vacation, we used to play golf. I used to, like golf used to be my number one thing. Because we
0: would play 27 to 36 holes right. a day. But we were young. But old age has crept in. <laughs> we we and, can't get through eight. I, I mean, my back got hurt the first round. And there. to
1: be honest, my commitment to our TV show, uh, The Duck Family Treasure, which is fixed enough, out by the way, season two. And this podcast, I had not picked up a club in a year, probably. Almost a year. No, me either. So so don't say Jace is out there playing golf, messing around. No, I hadn't I've been I'm working here.
0: <laughs> and by the and, way, it we always are competitive. So we're playing jace's sons and other young people in our family and it showed it was complete domination (laughs) we got dominated
1: (laughs) (laughs) my sons just obliterated us so there's that story let's not talk about it
0: okay so i just want to let people know we're humble in our old days because we paid a lot of money to to a lot of the young people so my my parting
1: words to them every other day because we didn't play golf you know every day couldn't take you know, it. Here's my $20, or whatever I lost, 10 or $12, and now I'm going fishing. So I, I thought about us telling the 10 greatest catches, because this catch on what happens in League 5 is spectacular, especially if you're a fisherman. But even if you're not a fisherman, this is a miracle. That if a person can do what he did, and that person being Jesus, this should get your attention. This should make you stop and think, well, wait a minute, if this is true, that this this means my world is rocked. If there's a person who was on the planet who could control what fish do just from his mind, this is a person you need to look into Yeah. and get to know, if possible.
0: So you see where I'm going. Yeah. So do we get to tell one of our top stories? No. It-
1: well, I was going to, but you know what happened on the beach? One of my top ten stories. Oh, it just perhaps happened. number oh, yeah. one happened the next day. So why don't you tell? I'll save that.
0: Right, so I got one I want to tell. Okay. <clears throat> it struck my mind when you said that a minute ago. So I don't know if you remember this, Dad. So this is, I think, this is pre-Christian days because we used to we used to live in a trailer park in Farmville, right next to a lake. No, that was
1: definitely pre-Christian days. Right.
0: Well, I'm not sure if we lived there or went back there is why I'm saying that. Oh, that's true. But I think think we were living there then, so Dad wasn't a Christian yet because what we were doing was illegal, so it makes me think it was before. (laughs) Statute of limitations. Statute of limitations. Well, I remember that place is where, you know, when Dad kicked us out of the house. Yeah, that's when it happened. So I was about eight at the time. So I'm with you, Dad, and— you're not supposed to fish nets in the lake It was a rule. But we, but you knew you could probably catch some catfish if we put a trammel net across that bridge that was right there next to our house. Underneath the bridge. Underneath the bridge. So you and I went out. We had a little small, it was a little bit John boat. I mean, it couldn't have been over 12, 14 feet long. And so it's dark. We have no light because we're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. So I just remember being a kid, like being like super excited because we're like, you know, we're doing this. So you put the net out, and then we go back. You felt something tug, so we went back around and started running it immediately. And you brought up an Appaloosa's catfish that looked like, in my at least in my mind's eyes, eight year old kid. It was as long as our boat. Do you remember that that huge oh, yeah. fish? And by the, it had already ripped a hole in the net, and you were trying to get underneath him. Figuring out how we're going to get this massive – we're talking about probably a 100-pound-plus fish mm. into our boat – and that sucker took one turn, and he was gone. Yep. And he left a hole in your net this big around. Yep. It was a massive Opelousas catfish under that. But I was just one of those memories that I, I'll i never forget, looking at that fish as he came to the top, because my eyes got this big. He, he must have been six foot long. He was as long as I was. Yeah, six foot long. So that's one of my fishing
1: stories. I mean, there were many. We've shared most of them, the 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 year that you were out of money, couldn't pay the bills, and you went out and put some trot lines up and they started literally, there were so many catfish hooks. in the backwater, you were catching them on bare hooks.
3: Unbelievable, I've never seen anything like it before or since. Yeah. Every hook without, before I baited them, had a catfish on it. So and they were kinda just- You kind of thanked the Lord and said, you know what? The line trot line ran a, hundred, a quarter mile. I, I just went down a road bed, it's the road in the woods between Arkansas and Louisiana. Yep, Louisiana was on my right and Arkansas on right my left. left. Well, I went right down the middle, and I just would tie off on a limb like this, zigzagging. And when I left there, I had right at 1,000 pounds of catfish.
0: Good night.
3: I home. know how you were— Two of my old ex-buddies I ran with, it was after I became a Christian, and I told them, I said, y'all fix to see something— that you've never done before, or you never will do. I said, "The fish we're going to do it," and I just I put the line out, and the thing they started hitting them hooks from the bait I had on them the day before. Yeah. So I would just bait them up. By the time I baited them up, I had the floor of the boat was with fish, and then I just went back down there taking them off. It never stopped until the boat was about like that or I sink it. It would have sunk the boat. Yeah, about three inches. So, you, so Dad, you, you
0: said something interesting. So you had started even then a process of when we would need money to pay the bills for duck commander, you would pray about it, Yep. and then we'd go do something like that, yep. and the Almighty
3: would answer the prayer. And I saw some miraculous catches. Yeah, that's fish. what I think so, too. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but it sure was. Zach, <laughs> you want to tell that story
1: where y'all caught those four little brim in that <laughs> creek? <laughs>
2: Wow, I was just res- I was respectfully listening to the story. Well,
1: sometimes the miracle is that you caught a fish, and look, we appreciate that, so that well, matters too, Zach.
3: Zach, when you catch one thousand pounds, it's worth looking at. That's kind of yeah. what was. That's what was going on in this uh, Luke five. Yeah, yeah. There was there was one di- there was one year that uh,
2: my buddy had a place. Um, where we would duck hunt in a rice field and we were going to go out there and go catch some frogs. This was when me and Jeff were in college and we, we drove out to this rice field and there were crawfish just, I mean like literally just the entire road and levee system was covered in crawfish and we would drive the truck down. They would just scatter into the water. And so we came back, I don't know. I don't know if you remember this, Phil, we came back to your house and said, Phil, we, we need to borrow your net, your crawfish traps, which you had about, Fifty of them, and you said, as "Long as you bring me back a cooler full of crawfish, you guys can use them." And so we went out there, and kind of the same thing. We we started with uh, with uh, um, roadkill, and we threw some roadkill in there, and then the we put them in the trap. And they just, I mean, the crawfish just, I mean, descended on those traps. But then we started; we were catching so many that we went to the local crawfish store, Cormier's. Where all the people in Monroe go to eat crawfish. And so we had about a two week run where we were selling crawfish to Cormier's until the farmer kicked us off the, the rice field. <laughs> Oh, you, meant, you didn't mention
0: the poaching part. I didn't know you were on somebody well, else. I, I thought that was all legal, but yeah,
2: apparently he only yeah, had rights for no, duck hunting, not, no, not, not for
1: What's yours is mine, and mine is yours doesn't apply to <laughs> land. <laughs> oh, no, it's
0: pretty much belonged to him. That's funny. So, one of our newer sponsors is a really interesting uh, product. It was a When we did exactly did the onboarding call with these guys, it was a doctor uh, from Utah. And he was finding that there was a lot of his patients that were not able to get medicines they needed, whether it was because they were traveling or they lived remotely or, you know, for a lot of different reasons. It was not easy for them to get prescriptions, uh, especially if they have medicine they have to take, you know, over a long period of time. And so he started a company called Jace Medical. Uh, not related to our Jace, even though Jace, it's it, it's good to have things named well, after the you. The name Jace means healer. It does. For obvious reasons. In old English, that's right. So you're living up to that. But uh, he, he tells he had a dog named Jace too. Uh, but really, really good people, great company. Uh, and so they have uh, a product uh, that's called Jace Daily, which allows you to be able to get a year's worth of uh, your medicine. Uh, And you just can't do this any other way unless you do it through these guys. So um, I'm I'm excited about being able to do it myself uh, because we travel a lot. So I'm going to be getting uh, my blood pressure medicine a year's worth. So I'll have it just to provide that security. You know, it could be storms. It could be pandemics, reliance on China, supply chain issues. There's a lot of reason why it's good to have your meds. You go online, you fill out a form, then you get your Jace daily prescription delivered right to your door. So you get that peace of mind that you need. Go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Enter the code UNASHAMED at checkout for a discount on your order. So that's promo code UNASHAMED at J-A-S-E medical.com
1: I have seen some fascinating things happen when it comes to crawfish, uh, Especially when it big rains, you remember our property one time turned into a river of crawfish. Oh man! Yep. It, it looked like some kind of effect on a movie. Yeah, because that
0: red underneath the water—it was, yeah.
1: was a river of crawfish, millions, millions, fascinating. Yep.
0: So, in all these good things, stories, uh, I thank you for pulling that out after Jay just firmly threw you under the bus. That was a very interesting. Well,
1: history. I just figured if we would have submitted pictures, you know, you'd have Zach and Jep with like three brim <laughs> and a catfish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and wow. the catfish was a mud cat
1: and uh you know look jesus <laughs> is better than a miracle and i do think all these things the conditions uh where you could you know there is a difference in god working providentially and miraculously which in this case this was a miracle that they had fished all night they hadn't caught a fish and anybody knows about fishing when he says move to the deeper water well. will Fish are in, the ones you catch are in shallower water. You know, if you go out to the middle of the river, I mean, Phil test this, how how long did you fish the Washita River? Would you say, where would you catch most fish?
0: Near the bank or in the middle?
1: Out in the middle, in the deep, or in this more No, I'm not saying
3: depending on what time of year it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is true. But I would say most of the time it's the shelf off the bank that goes to the deep. That's right. So what's crazy is Jesus is a is a carpenter by trade as a human. And I know that would that was not well received when he's like, hey, throw your nets on the other side. No. Now, I can imagine you back then, because you have all these arguments where the fish are with all the local commercial fishermen. But, you know, if a guy who builds houses comes down on the bank and says, hey, Phil, you need to put your net, because I, I imagine what you would say. And I hate to say it, but I'm being honest. I think you would have said, hey, you need to stick to building houses <laughs> and let me worry. Precisely. <laughs> about where my net sets go, right? So, uh I'll read the text, or you'll tell my story on the beach. I'll tell your beach story first. Okay. Then read the text. So here's what happened. We were the the what I like about going to the beach is trying to figure out how to catch fish from the beach that you can eat. Because I've always been a processed guy. I've already I've already shared with you one of the reasons my wife loves me. Other than you know she made a promise to the Lord and me, but. I mean, one of the,
0: one of the (laughs) other than she has to,
1: yeah. Other than she has to, (laughs) is she loves that I can go to the woods or on the water and provide for our family a meal and do the whole process. You know, catch, clean, cook, Cook. eat, eat, clean. Sometimes clean up after it's over. So, uh, so we had a plan, and look, this is like a three year plan. I. I've encouraged her strongly to book the the house where we were at because when I looked at my journals on where all our fishing, the best year we had, we were at the house where we stayed this year. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want this house, and she was like, Why? Why do you care? You've never cared. And I was like, Because we hammered the pompano. Yep. Yeah, which are we delicious. Caught limits of pompano on the beach there. So get the house, make it happen. You know, I mean, I and she pulled it off. Yep. So I said, I think there's something She's already booked it for next year. <laughs> oh, I know. So so we that was the plan is to go pompano fishing, which now you have to look up Pompano. They're they're not a big fish. No. But they're really good to eat. And you can only catch three apiece. And so, you know, we're we have this plan. We got all the equipment. We use twenty pound test line. But you catch other fish every time, time you go.
0: And, and uh, one of the reasons I'll just say behind this house, there's kind of a flat out there it and is. a trough, which makes it good for that kind of fishing. It is. So we
1: we strategically did that. We we spared no expense. I bought a new rod and reel. We're all excited. It's all about the fishing. We're going to catch the fish. We're going to eat them on the bank. We're going to cook them for everybody. It's going to be wonderful. So day one, we fished pretty well all day. And we caught one Pompano. I mean, I'm talking about we fished daylight to dark. Now, we caught a few other fish. We caught a little baby shark and a couple of catfish, but just one Pompano. And by
0: the way, just to set the scene for the audience, so everybody gets involved because they're using these sand fleas that you catch in the surf. And so the little kids are out catching the bait while the guys are doing all the fishing. And so... You know, all the son-in-laws and everybody's involved in the process. It's, it's not like it's just two people fishing. I mean, like, everybody seems to engage. But you're fishing But from the beach.
2: From the beach. I'm fishing from the beach. And the
0: women are all laying under the umbrellas right in front of –
1: behind everything that's They're going They're watching, you know. And we're – I'm under an umbrella. I'm trying not to get sunburned, which is almost impossible. But – uh, so anyway, and I did have a fish the first day that broke my line. I mean, something – thought maybe it was a shark or whatever i mean it just it just pulled all my line off my reel because i had my drag set pop i mean i just it was just ferocious so i was like wow not a pompano so day two we go out back out a little more calm in day two and all of a sudden we start catching pompano he and Jay, boom so we're giggling you know like we're back in junior high it's, our plan is working and then all of a sudden you got to remember, I got twenty pound test line. The rod goes off. Now it's not like we're just. Ha- I mean, we're a few hours into this. We're ca- we're averaging about one pompano an hour. An hour, yeah. Which was pretty good. That's compared good. To yeah. one in twelve hours the first day, and so all of a sudden my rod just—it's more than just a pop. It because we had four rods out. I run over there. Well, this thing is just spinning, just like when I had my line broken. I said, "This is not a pompano." And Jay's like, well, what is it? Well, I started running out of line because he's pulling the drag, so I start going down the beach because I'm out of line because he's not going out to the middle. You know, just going, just going kind of away and to the left. And so I'm kind of following him, and I kept telling Jay, was like, well, there's no way I'm gonna hold this fish." So we were trying to figure out what it is because we thought, you know, is it a stingray? It's like no, he's he's got too much run, he, and there's too much head movement. I can I can feel, and it's like, well, it can't be a shark because he I have twenty pound test line. You already broke right? Yeah, they cut the line, so we could not figure out what it is. Well, this goat, five, we get five minutes in, we get ten minutes in. I'm not even trying to turn this fish. I'm just hanging on. If he runs, I go with him down the bank. Well, what happened was a crowd started gathering. Cause I mean, I am bowed up. And my lovely wife videoed the whole thing. And so we might can run some of that, I, I, I don't know. Now look, I'm on the beach. So take it what it is, you know. Uh, but so 10 minutes in, Jay finally said, I think you're gonna have to try to turn him. And I was like, well, why not? Cause I can't.
0: This going will break your line. It's
1: gonna break my line, I'm getting tired and I'm almost out of line. Well, so he makes another run, and I just bowed up on him. I stuck my thumb on my line so the drag wouldn't pull. And I thought, I'm either going to break my line or I'm going to turn him. Because this is a fight here. I'm like, I'm in charge. I'm boss until you break my line. Well, I turned him. So now I started reeling, and now I'm pulling. First 10 minutes hanging on. So we get 10 minutes into that, and now every muscle in my body, and I don't have many, and I'm over 50 years old, I am worn out. After this, I mean I'm dizzy between the golf and now this here in bad. <laughs> so 10 minutes of that, now it's just become personal. You know, I'm like,
3: water, yeah. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> like Bill Phillips.
1: <laughs> so and then at 20 minutes in, the tide turned, and I thought there's a possibility that I'm gonna land this, and I'm thinking it's a dolphin or a wet something without teeth, because I thought, why is my line not breaking? So we get to 30, the 30-minute 30 mark. All right, hold on. This is such a cliffhanger. Let's take a break. And all of a sudden, it breaks the water. And to everyone's shock and surprise, and now the reason I'm telling this, in the spirit of Luke 5, it is a shark. And at first glance, it's about five feet. Here's the picture of it. It's about five feet long. So you see that. So we're show four and a them. half, five feet long. Yep, um, we were guessing at almost a hundred pounds, and it was called uh, it was it black, black, black tip, black tip shark? So we couldn't figure out, and we landed the shark. And Jay grabbed the, the shark by the tail, and he was very careful because <laughs> the shark was playing dead, but when he let go of it. It then did like Anopolitan's cat does. It tried to bite with everything within a six foot parameter of that, which was very vicious to watch. And Jay was looking at me like, I could have lost an arm there and I was like, yeah. So when we got to looking, well he had a piece of wire in his mouth and I'll tell you the story, What what happened was not possible. It's impossible to land a shark that on size 20 pound test on 20-pound test line, unless the shark had been on someone fishing for shark and and on their get up, which was a metal leader, which is what happened. What happened was someone who was fishing for shark got a hold of this shark, and it broke the line way
0: up. So he had the leader still stuck in his mouth.
1: Had his leader in his mouth. Well, then the shark swam by another Pompano fisherman, because we saw his rigging, and broke that line. Then he drove. Uh, then he swam by another Pompano fisherman, and broke that line. Well, I was the fourth person. He just swam by, and all this knot of line and hooks that he had broken. My hook just—he actually turned himself in. I didn't catch the shark. He—he he caught me on the way by. He wanted to get. He—he—he he, he, yeah. He was destined to be caught. <laughs> so I was hooked onto all these lines. So actually when we removed the the line, Jay took a pair of wire cutting pliers and he got cut the leader, the out leader the. off without getting bit, which was very
0: Well y'all did bold. this shark a favor. He was probably left there thinking he'd been to the dentist. Like, yeah, whoo saved the shark and and released him.
1: But so what happened was really a chance in one in millions for you to land a shark that big yep. on the beach, which I noticed very few people went into the water after that. But I was like, well, I don't know. Cause you didn't know that guy was out there. Well, and I'm not, I look, I don't want to scare you off the beach, but after that happened, when I, cause we would walk out on the shallow bar and throw as far as it could, but you're walking, you know, 50, 60 yards out in the water. Yeah. Well, one of my walks, I'm walking out there and I look and here comes a dark blob and I kind of froze and looked and it was an about an eight foot shark swimming right toward me. And so then you're in that moment of What do I do? What do I do? I started to run back, but I thought I'll never make it. He's too close. I mean, if that triggers a response so I'm there with a with a rod and I just thought, well, if he gets within this rod, I'm gonna try to pop him on the head, I guess. I mean, I don't know what else I can do. But he got probably ten feet from me and he just veered out. But so then I was like, Hey Austin, uh run this line out for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dad, we learn, he learned that from you get the young bucks out there for that job. So anyway, that were that happened.
1: So so it was a once in a a few million uh, scenario to catch that fish, but it was a, I was pretty proud and of it. And there was a huge crowd
0: that had gathered around oh, everybody
1: just, cheered, and I mean, it was, you know, we kind of had a moment there. <laughs> and then we caught our of pompano, which we grilled them, and we all ate And together. I got to eat some. They were delicious. Yeah. Really good. So, so that was a top 10 catch for me. It really was. Yeah. It's off the bucket list, and to do it with 20-pound test line, in front of a crowd of people, it was quite exhilarating. It was. I landed the beast. You did land the beast. All right, you can get back to. So, us. with that, I want to read this story. So, this is Luke five. One day, as Jesus was standing by the Lake of
0: Genesaret, I don't know why we're calling that because it says that is the Sea of Galilee. I Must I'll... be another name for it. I, I tried to look that up. I think it just had different names.
1: And I've been to this sea, and it was. And just think in your mind, it's like a bowl. And you can see for miles. You can actually see across it. But it's a lot bigger than it seems. I but mean, you
0: see why they would call it a sea, even though it's really a lake, All right? Just it is. See. It's like a bowl and uh, real pretty. And with the
1: with the crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Well, Simon, you know how he is. He's like, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. And I just want to say, too, the best time to, you know, fish is early and, and late, I mean, it just none of this was yeah. checking all the boxes, but any says this famous phrase, which I love, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So he surrendered. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners. In the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink, which I think is incredible because they went from jubilation and even in a similar moment with us, I caught that shark and it was really cool. But then I was actually horrified. Because you gotta deal with it. <coughs> well, because Jay, I mean somebody could lose a limb or their life with when that we all underestimated the power of that shark. Yeah. Until I saw him flop and try to bite everything around here. But now you got the boat sinking. So you go from extreme jubilation to fear. <laughs> How are we and, gonna get this? And one? remember these miracles of Jesus symbolize something and, and that is gonna be part of the revealing nature of this story on why this happened. And you'll notice that by Peter's response. So in verse six, when they had done so. Uh, no, verse eight, where you? Yeah, left. verse eight. So when Simon Peter saw this, Left everything and followed it.
3: Yeah, a lot to unpack here. Or a fisherman, those are great texts.
0: Yeah, we get it right. I mean, when you spent that much time doing it, you bet you. One of the things initially that got me was obviously, I don't know how well. At this point, Simon, what he knew about Jesus, the story of him healing his mother-in-law is before this text, but I'm not sure it happened chronologically that way. It could have been after. But one thing's for sure, out of whatever he heard Jesus talk about, and then maybe it was Jesus' reputation already in, that, in the Galilee region, that, as Jay's pointed out, he were went— were a little
3: suspect of him.
0: Right. He went against his own fishing instinct to say, because you say so. So that said something about respect, that, okay, we're going to do this because you asked me. But you knew it had nothing to do with. Yeah, in thinking, his mind, he said,
3: we ain't catching. We're not a... catching a fish. I no. mean, that's
0: exactly what he thought. No. We're so.
3: going to strike out on this one. And
1: before we get into the deep meaning, I do want to mention the John 21 3. So th- Now, this is post-resurrection. So we're going way on the other. Peter
0: has grown
1: here in these three. three... three
0: years have gone by.
1: Yep. And, but you got to remember, at this moment, the last time Peter was with Jesus, he had denied him.
0: Yeah. He, well, Jesus had predicted he would deny him, and then he did it. He did, and now, you know, we have a few appearances that
1: he's with. But you you got to realize that was weighing on him heavy, exactly. even though he had seen his appearance and knew right. he was resurrected. Correct. So, verse three of John twenty one. I'm I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told him. So it's like full circle. We're right back after the ministry of Jesus, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. He's going back to fishing. And it says, We'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So that's eerily similar. Another to goose egg. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. So Jesus is now post-resurrection in his shape-shifting mode. That's right. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, well, this sounds familiar. Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll
0: find some. (laughs) (laughs) And how many times have you been fishing and somebody said, you know, I think we caught something down at whatever. I mean, I've always, you know, you've experienced something similar to this. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I just always think about that meme that people send me all the time when they're like that Will Ferrell meme that says, I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. Now, this is a totally different response. The first time he's like, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinner. This he's going to he's he's jumping out of the boat. The other disciples, verse eight, followed in the boat. Which what a scene this is! Now he jumped out of the boat. He's swimming in front of the boat. They're going along behind him, and they're towing the net full of fish, for the, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fish. I mean, fire. A, yeah. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, "Bring some of the fish you've just caught." So he had
0: already had some fish.
1: <laughs> Which is funny because Peter has jumped out of the boat and he's like <laughs> and then when he gets there, Jesus' is like, go get me some more fish, and he's like, oh. And he you <laughs> know, so he goes back, he climbs back aboard, they drag the net ashore. It was full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three. So now that we have a count this time. But even with so many, and here's another difference. The net was not torn. You remember in the other story, the net was beginning, beginning to, break. to break. That's right. Jesus said, come, let's have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They
0: knew it was the Lord. But he still didn't look like himself no. up to this point, which is really interesting.
1: And so then after this, there's this famous, ever. Uh, I would assume if you haven't read this, it's a very powerful, sweet, yet uh, just inspirational moment where Jesus reinstates Peter and he asks him three times about if he loves him because he had denied him three times. And at the end of the day, he gives him this charge to feed his sheep. So I wanted to read that because you have similar miracles or the same miracle done at two different times with two different responses by Peter, which shows something about his growth process and we can
0: discuss the, what this symbolizes. Well, one of the things that jumps out of me some of the comparisons, the first time Jesus is clearly they don't know who Jesus is in the in the in terms of he hasn't done anything yet with them. And so they listen to him before the first miraculous catch. So they they listen to him because they're intrigued by him and they can see his physical appearance but they're not sure who he is. It's really interesting when we get to the end he doesn't look like he did at the beginning, but they instinctively know he is who he is because of the second miraculous catch. I just find that interesting that one time you're looking at him and you're not sure because you don't know much about him. But when you spend three years watching him do his thing, then it's like, oh, that's Jesus. He doesn't look like who he it's, is, but I it's know it. spent him. a lot of time fishing, but they never had seen anything like that. No. And that's why John just knew instinctively. He was like, oh, that's that's the Lord. When he tells you to throw your nets on the other side and you start catching fish, remember that's the guy. You know, you do which I really fascinating. Yeah. Well one the
1: biggest thing that stood out to me, and I don't know if y'all have ever thought about this, and look, I'm all about experiencing the presence of God. I think that's what eternity's gonna be like. But if you'll notice, there's multiple times in the Bible when people realize that they're in the presence of God, it's not these flowery. You Know because you see in cards and, and in worship, say it's, it's everything's flowery and 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 oh, but let's face it, when you realize you're in the presence of God, sometimes it's scary, yeah, it's terrifying because you realize that you're not God and that you're sinful and you feel guilty and dirty. And and I think that's normal, and I actually think it's a positive thing here. And what Peter did is something that we all have to realize that when God is real and he's present, we need to go down on our knees. And so he, he, it's, it's what we do recognize in our sinfulness and his lack right. of sin, his <clears throat> holiness, his purity. And I think that's part of it. And I think when you get to John 21, he had realized that Jesus is so good That he still loves us, and you know he's running to him, even though he had just denied him. And I think that's there's something powerful that Jesus
2: was symbolizing there. No, I agree. Yeah, I think the question is thinking about what, like, what does a miracle? What kind of response does a miracle demand? Particularly the kind of miracles we're talking about that Jesus performed. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast about not getting caught up in. You know, focusing on the miracle above the miracle giver or the miracle worker, but I, I mean, to your point, Jace, just to re- reiterate that when uh, Simon Peter, when he saw the miracle, uh, and 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 they came and they filled both boats, so, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, this is what this is the first response. He fell down at Jesus's knees, saying, "This depart from me." For I am a sinful man, O oh Lord. When you think about like when you see a miracle, and that, and that's one of the things I would say is like a great litmus test for like miracles today. Even like if, like does it does it demand that kind of response? That in that, in the presence of a holy God, you you see this miracle performed, and your your one response is just get, depart from me. I am a sinful man. It's a recognition of your own inability in the presence of, of a, of a holy God. So it, it wasn't just even this moment that he saw that God was powerful. I mean, just in this miracle, he was, he was aware in, in the in the presence of the miracle of his own sin that where he said, I can't even be in, in your presence. So depart from, from me, God. Um, just a recognition there. And then the second thing is, is, is the fear you know, that you mentioned that, that, that should create some kind of fear in you. But I love the gospel of Christ so much because I love how Jesus responds, which is which is fear not. Um, you know, he says this. He says, um, um, "Do." Uh, and Jesus said to Simon, "Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men." So I love how Jesus takes the direction when he says, "Don't be afraid," but then he redirects Peter to the real purpose of the miracle, which was not to fill the boats. I mean, I mean, that's not the point of this It's not to get, fill the boat up with fish. It's he's calling these disciples. He's calling them out to this incredible ministry to make fisher. He's going to make them fishers of men's. And, and so he, 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 redirects them to that. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, I just think you can't miss that. That that's really the truth because that was the symbol in
1: that he's going to clean you up. I mean, Subliminally, you're gonna figure yeah. that out. He's gonna forgive your sin and he's gonna make you fishers of men despite your flaws.
0: Yeah, I like it. Well, <clears throat> let's uh we'll unpack this some more. Uh we're out of time for unashamed. We'll go over to overtime and discuss this a little bit more because there's a lot of really rich stuff that's in here. So if you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed to get our overtime segment. We'll see you over there. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes.